This call is being recorded. You are Locked On Browns, your daily podcast covering the Cleveland Browns, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Folks, it's here. It's May. Um, starting to see some loosening up in some areas. Uh, fingers crossed here. Um, look, for most of us, it's probably going to be at least another month. Stay patient. Stay safe. We've got Browns football to talk about. We've got a fantastic guest to talk about and to talk with from Browns Wire, Real GM, Lions Wire. Um, you guys all know him. Uh, one of my best friends in the business, Mr. Jeff Risden. Uh, look, Jeff, it's, you know, it's normally I'd say it's Friday night. You guys got plans. What's for the weekend? I think everybody knows what's going on here. So we get a chance to talk a little bit of ball here before we, uh, you know, maybe migrate to the fire pits whatsoever. Crap, crack a couple of cold ones here. Jeff, the Browns draft class. For me, the one I can't get past, and it still seems weird, and we all tried to you know, basically think you know, how these intelligent people were going to think. I think almost every one of us to a man would have said, wow, more offensive players than defensive players. That was the first one that struck me. But I think most and first and foremost, I think they just played a great game of chess for their first time out. They sat, let the board came to them. They delicately made some moves. And not only did they get a great haul here, in 2020, they put themselves in a fantastic position for 2021. Yeah, they didn't they didn't force anything, and I like that. You know, there's a tendency when you when you first get in, you want to know announce your presence with authority, you know, and and they didn't do that, and they were smart to not do that because they got what they needed. They got a starting immediate left tackle. They didn't trade for Trent Williams as I thought they would, um, and it wound up being. The price tag was a lot lower than we thought it was going to be getting a fifth uh, for a third round going back the other way. But when you get Jedrick Wills at 10 and they were confident, obviously enough that they would get one, someone that they wanted there. Uh, it, it, it made sense for them to do what they did. Uh, I, I would have taken Tristan worse. I got to be on the record for that, but I'm not opposed to Jedrick Wills. I think he's going to be a very good player. Uh, and the fact that they stayed put, that they didn't, they didn't panic. Um, they didn't try to, you know, make waves when, when it was clear that, you know, there weren't any trades before number 14, 13 being switched. You know, it, it was one of those sort of status quo drafts. They rode out the wave. They, they waited and they got who they wanted. You got to give them credit for that. That's, uh, that's not easy to do. And then, you know, to come back in the second round and to make a minor trade, but to still get the guy three picks later that you would have taken at 41 and Grant Delpit, you know what, that, that, that's smart. If it, whether he works out as a player or not, uh, they made the right decision in doing what they did by by staying with their board, by not panicking, by getting an extra pick. It, 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 it's a great, great first impression for Andrew Barry and Kevin Stefanski running a draft, and especially in, in the weird times that we're in where they couldn't work <laughs> out players. And they, they, you know, they were meeting over, over Skype or Zoom or whatever they're using. I like that. I, it, it's it's a very positive way to go, and I'm happy about that. Yeah, first two impressions for me is I think the way like most of the first round went was I think almost every front office was kind of like, look, I don't want to get screwed here due to some stupid part of technology glitch, whatever here, and it just seemed it was like as you know we were midway through you know the highlight videos of said player and the next player the pick was in, so I think a lot of it was is you know let's not get cr- too crazy here. Let's not do something stupid here. If our guy is there, heck with the trades. We're going to go ahead and take care of that. The thing, and w- agree with you here on the Delpit thing, is it was it was a balls move. Um, it wasn't like they traded back one pick. They traded back three. Grant Delpit could have easily gone, but you know you you view the you know you view who's there. You read the board. You read the teams, 
and you go ahead and able to you know execute an extra pick here, still get your guy, and you know going into day two, you've got eighteen plus hours to think about your strategy, what exactly you're looking to do. So that was really really impressive. And then I just I I think maybe their their thoughts weren't totally to go so you know offensive minded on day three. Maybe it's more of you know the way the board fell to them after they established their biggest needs and got them with a safety, with a uh, with a defensive tackle, with a linebacker. I think they truly just played what they felt fit them best on day three, and it certainly unfolded pretty well for them. Yeah, getting Harrison Bryant where they did, I think, is it, that's a that's a great move. It's a good value pick. Uh, yes, they're crowded at tight end now. Um, and they picked up David Njoku's option, which I think was a smart move, by the way, too. They will run two tight ends. The the second tight end in this offense will get more targets than the number three wide receiver does. That's the, that's the way that Kevin Stefanski operated in Minnesota. That's a that's a Gary Kubiak staple. You got to have depth there. They got they got three guys now who are really good pass catchers. Bryant is probably not even as good of a blocker as David Njoku, but that, that that's not what they're going to use him for. So for taking him there, yeah, I, I like it. Was it was it a big need? No, they they probably had bigger needs elsewhere. But he was a talented guy, and he he fits what they want to do offensively. That you can see that there's a vision for what they want to do. They want to be. They understand. Okay, this is what this role is going to be for us. Let's find somebody who can do that. And then Harrison Bryant, they, they probably got the best guy that can do that. Yep, no doubt. And then, you know, look, Donovan Peoples-Jones, you're, you're gambling on an athlete. Nick Harris, you're gambling on a guy, you know, look, he may not fit the part. Size may not, might, you know, not necessarily fit the part, but he fits yeah. what you need. And for this wide zone system where you're looking for offensive linemen who can move around, you know, they bucked the trend as far as, you know, oh, 6'3", 6'4", yada, you know, it was like, all right, well, this guy fits. He's a tough SOB and he moves pretty well. He does, and and that's that's exactly the kind of center that they need. You know, he doesn't have the long arms. So he's not going to get those reach blocks. But you got J.C. Treader. Um, you're looking for depth behind J.C., who I think is one of the best centers in the league, and it's criminally underappreciated. They needed depth there. They got it. That that's that's fine for a fifth round pick. Out of the people's Jones, I've said this line several times. So if you've heard it before, you're going to hear it again. If you think that he He's the, he's the same player now that he was when he got to Michigan, where he was a five-star recruit, one of the, the most heralded recruits and athletes in that, that recruiting class. If you think that he is the same guy because of him, he was undraftable. If you think that he's the same guy because of Michigan, he's a third-round pick. They sort of split the difference with him. I like the upside. I like the fact that I think he's going to win the return job. I know there's a lot of people that love JoJo Natson. Uh, and JoJo's a very different type of return man. He's much more shifty, um, where, where Peoples-Jones is more like Josh Cribbs, more of a, a big, long-striding runner who, who accelerates through. But he can play offense. He can be that number three outside receiver. I, I like it. Um, I, I'm not his biggest fan. I, I saw him play at Michigan several times. He's, he's got potential. He's got, a, he's got a good head on his shoulders. I'll say this. He's a really bright dude, and I know that one of the reasons why some teams shied away from him because he's smart. His dad's an orthopedic surgeon. He wants to be an orthopedic surgeon when he's done playing football. When I talked to him at the, at the Combine, the first word that I could think of to describe him was erudite. Look that up, folks, because that's exactly what he is. 
he's a bright guy. <laughs> and and he, well, people are going to like him. I, I know there's an inherent bias against Michigan players. Yes. Um, trust, trust me. I, I, I live on the other side of that too. Uh, but <laughs> it's, uh, he's, he's got a shot and where they took him at, it's a great shot. And I, I'm, I'm also quite happy that the person who fed me information on Saturday morning that they were looking hard at him uh, came through and was right because uh, I got that on Twitter and I scored some points on that. I'm, I'm, I'm humble brag there, Jeff. Yes, <laughs> yes, you did. I, I got a similar text. Um, and actually, I was recording. I got a similar text when I opened up the phone to get to it and I saw that you already had up there. And it was just like, and I'll tell you right now, <laughs> when you use that word that you used, I'm sure that word rings true in the Browns front office. Um, 3.9, intelligent kid, uh, was put into a bad situation, tested off the charts, even if he only becomes a decent return man or, you know, or a third, fourth wide receiver. That's something that can right. last here. Um, and, you know, for NFL front yeah, offices who have problems. Go ahead. It, it, it's an upgrade over Taewon Taylor. That, that, was a, mm-hmm. that was a risk worth taking that didn't work out. Now you move on to the next one. Uh, he's better than that. I think he's better than Damian Ratley as a wide receiver prospect. Not to, not to diss Damian, because I, I do think Damian can sh- show that he can stretch the field. But, uh, again, you're looking – Peoples Jones has, has experience on coverage. He can be like Kaderil Hodge, you know, backup receivers who play a lot on special teams and do what they need to do. Peoples Jones will block on the, on the outside. I think that's, that's something that doesn't get talked up enough. Uh, when you have a running back like Nick Chubb, who's going to break a lot of long runs, you need somebody who can get downfield and make some, some contact. Peoples Jones will do that. He's he, again, there's an anti-Michigan bias and I get that, but don't hold what happened at Michigan necessarily against him. We'll learn pretty quickly if it was on him or if it was on the, the Jim Harbaugh experience. Um, and I think most people will know, Certainly, if you've heard me before, you'll know where I side on that coin. <laughs> um, and still to say, um, the quarterback from said Michigan is still, you know, essentially just as employed in the NFL as Jeff and I are. Um, he went to Michigan hey, as hey, a star. 300, 337 people at the combine. He's the only one that's unemployed. <laughs> <laughs> it's almost terrible at this point. Um, but look, he went to Michigan as a star. He's going to come to the NFL as a role player. Uh, can he make it all work? Can he find a way? He's got the tools. He's got the intelligence. He's got the character to do it. Um, and here's the thing. If none of it pans out, you spend a six-round pick on him. You know, you'll live with that. Right. Uh, more exactly. here with Jeff Risden from Browns Wire, Lions Wire, uh, Real GM. Uh, guys, uh, iTunes, if you are not subscribed, please take care of that now. Spotify, if you're not following. Uh, ratings, reviews, guys. Simple. Doesn't cost you a dime. Drop a five-star. Drop a written review here. This is the stuff that helps podcast grow. And this is you know what we've been going through here. It was a great month of April so far. May today, it's been fantastic. Um, I appreciate you all for it. It's something we can just enjoy here and get escape from a little bit. So iTunes, Spotify, make sure you are subscribed. Make sure you're following on Spotify. Those written uh, written reviews and the five-star ratings are what makes this all tick. Jeff, um, the thing I love, and it's probably getting a little bit undersold here, and you know, I know a lot of people – are pleased with what the Browns have done to this point here. But this front office and this new regime came in and said, look, we got some really big needs, whether it's offensive tackle, whether it's tight end, whether it's interior defensive line, linebacker. Look, they don't value as much as other. They still went and got two guys. Safety, they addressed it three times. Cornerback, whether it was UDF, undrafted free agents or free agency, they put three guys into the building here. They didn't, they didn't just go shopping. They went bulk shopping. Like they handled this offseason kind of like a Costco run. 
we got holes in a big bunch of important areas, and we're going to throw as much at it as we can. What's wrong with having competition in training camp? If there is training camp, there will be training camp at some point. But yeah, have, having that that level of competition, you know, what is it? Steel sharpens steel, right? That you want that. You don't want you don't you don't want like like when Cameron Wimbley came in years ago and went up against Joe Thomas in practice, and Joe like shut him down, and that was the end of him. You know, you you want you want guys who are going to be able to fight through that, and uh, I am. I think they, I think they've done a good job of that. I think one of the things that you see from these guys, and looking at a guy like Jacob Phillips, who I thought was a reach, who I'm not sold is a great pick, but he's a feisty, competitive guy. Jedrick Wills, very competitive personality. Grant Delpit, you know, the, the he's one of those guys. He is always yapping at his teammates in positive, positive reinforcement. A competitive guy. You, you see the fire that they got from some of these guys. Uh, they're going to fight. They're going to scrap. Their practices are going to be more intense than they have been in the past. And I think that's that's a very welcome change. You know, Freddie, Freddie was Freddie. Um, Hugh was was country club manager. Um, it, it's time for them to do something different. It's time to lean more in the Greg Williams style. Uh, Stefanski is a very different type of personality, but he is a demanding. He, he's he's a guy that has a very strong attention to detail. And uh, that, that's going to be a change for some of these players. But I, I like the fact that they're bringing in guys who are going to fight for that. You know, that's, that's smart. That's understanding your, your, the pulse of your team and creating the team in the image that you want them to be. It, it, but it's getting to the point here now. Look, you know, it, it, whether it's, you know, Ben, some of the guys that stuck to the draft classes, some of the moves that have been made here now, there's players in this building. And there's kind of players here everywhere. And it's going to come down to, personal pride where you don't want to get beat whatsoever. And you, you've you got, you know, look, you've got five guys from LSU. They played legit big time football here. And, you know, you've hit a bunch of these SEC schools and it, it, these guys, they're not, they're accustomed to this. They're accustomed to, Hey, I, I went to a school where there was 90 guys on scholarship who were, you know, coming out of high school were just as good as I am. One little slip up here or getting one lazy one day in practice, guess what? There's a five-star right behind me to take my job. So getting and building what will be this 53 is going to be fantastic to watch here because I literally tried to sit down and do this the other day and just come up with you know 55. And right now, Jeff, it's pretty damn hard. So I'm doing the same thing. And I got I got the 47 really easy. But like those last spots, man, I like, like does Dontrell Hilliard come back? You know, is is uh, who who is the other one that I was iffy about? Um, Damian Raleigh is, is obviously up for competition. Um, a guy like um, Taewon Taylor, I think he's gone. But you know, there you're going to find guys. You know, the the depth on the interior offensive line and, and offensive tackle. You know, with Chris Hubbard moving down, the, the, can the Lamb come back? You know, the, they're going to fight for it. I I like that. I like that they're fighting to have the best instead of fighting to see who isn't the worst. And there's, there's a, there's a very fundamental, but, but distinct difference between those two. And I think we're going to see the latter this time rather than what we've seen. Oh, going back to, you know, the Hugh Jackson era. And, and even with Freddie last summer, I think I, there was so much politics that was going on last summer. I don't, I don't get the sense that that's going to happen with this team either. And that, that makes me very happy because there was, I'll go back to, to the, the Antonio Callaway thing. He was he was totally outplayed by Jalen Strong last summer. And Jalen Strong's a really good dude, changed his life, turned himself around, was a feel-good story, and he never had an honest chance. 
and that bugged me, and I know that bugged some people in that locker room. I don't see that happening with this group, and that 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 alone right there makes me feel very good about this team. Uh, it, it, there was no question, and, and the way some of that stuff was handled over the summer, and I think that's kind of what carried over into the week one whitewashing against Tennessee, where camp was about we're getting to week one. We are this stuff is all predetermined. I don't think it's going to carry that same predetermined notion this summer like it did last summer. And with this competition, with the amount of talent in the room, it'll be more of a ready-to-go product here. Jeff, of the UDFF, uh, UD uh, undrafted free agent guys, uh, favorite one or two? Who, who stuck out to you? So um, I like I like Solomon Ajay, the, the linebacker that they got, um, Jay Ajay's little brother. He's a downhill, very limited physically linebacker, but if you watch tape of him, He's got this weird knack for being in the way of passes. Um, He he doesn't always break them up, but he's really good at just like figuring out where the play is going to go and getting himself in the way. He got a pick six that way. Um, He's opportunistic, um, kind of a, I don't know. He's a guy that's going to have to make it on special teams, obviously, when you're an undrafted free agent. But I like the chances that he's got. He's tough. Uh, He's another one of those guys, fiercely competitive. When you when you watch Liberty football, and unfortunately I watched more of it than I'd care to, they're <laughs> very um, emotionally rallying team, and he was at the center of that on their defense. Again, you're you're getting a guy that fits your culture that you're trying to build. So so he's one. Uh, I'm trying to think, they they got a. Ugh, I'm blanking on who they got now. Honestly, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll go with the guy. Um, I, I know there was somebody else that I was fairly excited about, but I can't think of who it is. So. Well, I mean, a couple corners, you know, and obviously Big 12 corners are always established, you know, whether it's A.J. Green, the kid out of oh, yeah. um, Baylor. I think. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So they paid him as the equivalent of a sixth-round pick, so he's got a really good shot at making it. I didn't watch a lot of Oklahoma State this year. I did watch him against Texas. He did not have a good game. So I don't I don't know. I, I, I definitely need to study more on that. But he's, he's, the way that they paid him, he's got a shot, to, a real shot to make it. Um, funny thing about AJ Green is in his pocket in 2017 did have a you know a did have an INT off of one Baker Mayfield, but those Big 12 <laughs> uh, defensive backs are always always battle tested. Um, 75, 80 passes a game on a soft soft Saturday in the Big 12. Um, and it was funny that two guys came from Liberty, so you almost wonder who is the the Alonzo Highsmith Miami, who's the Liberty guy. In the regime here, because usually when you hit a school like that and you get two guys, you, you, I, I'm waiting for that one to come out. Who are the two it's Liberty guys? Liano, baby. <laughs> there you go, baby. Liberty Flames, Eric Green, former Pittsburgh Steeler. That was the first time I think I ever remember hearing of Liberty back in the day. We're going to get to a little bit more here uh, with Jeff Risden here on what will be a special Saturday Locked on Browns. Uh, you guys keep listening. I'll keep recording. That's the way this is going to work here. Um, Jeff knows the company. I know the company out of Jeff's hometown in Vermillion of Ohio, Zabo Apparel. Brian and his family, they're, they're just great people. They put out a great product. And these are the companies and the businesses you worry about the most during these times. Um, Brian is wave shipping on anything you purchase from ZaboApparel.com, S-Z-A-B-O. His product is great. T-shirts are good. It, it comes from a love of this franchise, a love of this city. So please make sure if you're looking for Browns here, go ahead and you check out ZaboApparel.com on Twitter, on Instagram, Zabo Apparel, S-Z-A-B-O. Make sure you're checking that out for me. Jeff, without letting you go here, 
Your Lions, where are we at here? What's your take on the weekend here? And is it going to get any closer? And and God, bro, I don't know how you do it. Maybe you do it with the fact, well, hey, my season's over week 17. I don't have to worry about January. But how do you <laughs> – how does it work for you? But Lions, where are they at in the realms of maybe, maybe seeing some January football? I did like the Swift pick. Um, I like. I think Akuda's going to be a player. The rest of it, though, I mean, in, you look at what's in front of you, and who knows, Green Bay could be – it could be Chernobyl this football season yeah. with what just went on with Green Bay. Let's hope so. That'd be nice. <laughs> uh, so, so Detroit got better. Jeff Okuda is going to be a star. I have very little doubt about that. He was a great pick at the number three overall pick. They have gotten an identity. They are building a team that is not like any other team in the NFL right now. They have purposely gotten bigger and slower on offense which is a very strange thing to do, but it's one of those, it's like the matrix, you know, when he's walking through with, with the guns, when they're going to the building, he's like, nobody's ever done anything like this before. That's why it's going to work. That, that's, that's sort of the <laughs> attitude that they have right now. Uh, it's, it's different. Um, it's, it's fraught with peril. I'm not sure that I buy into it, but I understand that they're, they knew that they weren't going to be able to, to win doing what they have been doing and trying to keep up, with the Packers and the Vikings and all the other teams, in the NFC that have been above them, they're going to try something different. And the rebel in me appreciates that some, but when you're on a win now mandate, like they are, it's, I don't know, man, it's tough for me to get excited about it. They're, they're a better football team now than they were at the end of the year. But again, you're relying on Jamie Collins and, and, uh, and Danny Shelton where they're two primary defensive additions in free agency. Browns fans probably don't feel too good about that, and and I I'm not sure that I do. I, I think I think Jamie Collins is going to be a very good player. He's going to do a lot of things that they needed done last year that didn't get done. But they, uh, I don't know, they're they're looking up at every team in the NFC except Washington from last year. They were three twelve and one, and yes, they did hold a lead in the fourth quarter of twelve weeks and still went three twelve and one. They got a lot of people to leapfrog, and I'm not sure that they have done enough to leapfrog more than a couple of them, unless Green Bay implodes, unless Chicago completely falls apart. And both both of those could happen. Uh, I wouldn't put it past either of those from happening, but yep. they, didn't get, they didn't get as much better as, say, Arizona did, or I think San Francisco got even better coming out of the Super Bowl. I think the Giants had a really good draft. I like what they did a lot. Uh, not just for this year, but for, for, for the long term. I, I think Dallas, interestingly enough, probably got a lot better than, than what a lot of us who don't like Dallas all that much would like them to be. You know, there's just so far to climb. They, uh, you know, they're better. Yes. Are they better enough to be nine and seven or 10 and six and make the playoffs? Now, not a lot of luck, man. And it, it pains me to say that, but uh, it, it'll be, uh, I, I only want to cover one team in the playoffs per year. I'm pretty bullish on the Browns, so I'm pretty excited that uh, that, that they'll get there uh, before Detroit does. Let's put it that way. Um, we've both seen firsthand um, what a Jamie Collins type of guy can be outside of the Bill Belichick regime. So that certainly causes you yeah. a little hesitation. And the other thing, Jeff, is you know with everybody's asses on the line, so to speak, it, it, it's sure why not go with the 2019 Tennessee Titans theory of you know what. We're just going to try to go old school football here, see how this plays out. 
Um, and then meanwhile, you know, like you talked about Dallas, Dallas, like, you know what defense, hey, you know what? Pfft, screw defense. Our goal is going <laughs> to score 40. Try to compete with us. Try to run up and down the court with us. Yeah. The old Denver Nuggets of the Doug Moe era in football. I love it. <laughs> nice. Mahmoud Abdul-Raouf. Where are you, big guy? Uh, Jeff, as far as draft classes and everything else, give me one team, in your opinion, maybe two teams, where here we are three months later, you know, regimes in place, free agency in place, draft classes now established. Give me a team or two, and I do agree with you kind of on the Giants because that was going to be the thing. If they went Isaiah Simmons, that meant Dave Gettleman still didn't get it. When he went Andrew yeah. Thomas, it was just like, all right, the couple of nerds he hired, maybe somehow, some way he listened. Give me a team or two in your eyes where all of a sudden now it's maybe not middle of the pack anymore. Hey, they may be onto something. You know, I, they they are certainly one of – I think Minnesota got better uh, in, in, in replacing uh, – uh, Stefan Diggs with the way that they did with, uh, with Jefferson from, uh, from, from LSU. I, I like what they did. I like that they added defense on the second day the, 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 the pieces that they got seemed like they fit together. Uh, they're going to go as far as Kirk Cousins carries them. And I'm not going to talk smack about Kirk Cousins because I'm here in his hometown. Uh, he, he's a <laughs> cult hero here. He will be my congressman at some point. So I'm not going to smack talk him, but, he's been given every asset that he needs to be a great quarterback. If, if they fail, um, it's because he can't elevate them to greatness. And I, I think they, they're in a very good position right now with Green Bay being where they are. And Green Bay's draft was just brutal. I, I, I don't understand. I don't understand what they're doing. <laughs> nope. Help me out there. I don't get it. Um, I like the Rams draft too. The, Ram, the Rams got several guys who can play in spots where they needed people to play. Uh, I'm not necessarily crazy about a lot of those guys, but they made their team better, and they are a team that was they're, – they're on the yo-yo. I can see them, like, bouncing back up a little bit and be, not necessarily being the Super Bowl team again, but being a, a 10 or 11 win team. But I could also see, especially the way that their early offseason went, them going down to being like a 4 and 12 team. And I think that their draft class was good enough that they're not going to fall to that depth. The thing for me with Green Bay is it was just like – Aaron Rodgers, look, he has this sort of ornery personality anyway. And I can only imagine what his thought process was when this was all done and over with. Like, and, and like you know, look, I understand I'm a jerk. And kind of almost like with the Jordan mentality, I understand I'm a jerk. I can be a dick. I can be hard about things. But this is why. What, what, what did we do here to make this football team any better? It, granted, great, you love this quarterback. I want to play for four more years, so that's great. So I don't have the wide receiver to throw to. Um, you drafted a running back. Fantastic. That's great. The running back we had led the league in touchdowns rushing last year. And, yeah, they, they when, it out, and when it came out, like anything you can do to keep the ball out of Aaron Jones's hands, by all means, that really seems really, really smart for Green Bay. And then when that broke the other day that Aaron Rodgers has thrown one career touchdown, one to a first-round pick. And it was only like five months ago. And it was, I mean, look, I mean, yes, you may be established. You may be entrenched in one of the more, you know, thought of franchises. What the hell? What did you just do last weekend? Because, yeah, you know, it'd be all, mind, explain Chris, it to me Christian like I'm a Kirksey, five-year-old. Christian, Christian Kirksey is scheduled to still be a starter there. I think we know how that's going to go. We love Kirko, but he shouldn't be starting for a playoff team. <laughs> they, they, have, no. they have holes that they did not address. Uh, by taking 
Deshaun Kaiser 2.0. I, the, the Lions fan in me loves it, but I, I feel for my Packer brethren because I, I have seen personally how teams fall very rapidly to the very bottom of things and how painful it can be. Um, I've seen that way too many times uh, in multiple sports. And I, I, I don't want anybody to go through that. That's, that's, uh, oh, man. No, I mean, because <laughs> I can't, did, I can't believe they took Jordan Love. Wow. Traded up for Jordan Love. Oh, wow. And who was competing for Jordan Love? Team. Because I'll tell you what, if I was Green Bay, well, then come take my pick and take Jordan Love. Give me a couple extra picks. I, I just, I can't understand how you said, well, you know, well, this guy's going to be really, really, really great. Well, what about 12? He's here. This is the guy. I mean, we've, you know, <laughs> he ain't gonna he's be Rogers, probably, I'll tell you that. <laughs> he's probably wondering where Mike McCarthy is right now. Like, Mike, I'm sorry. Maybe it was my fault. I'm sorry. Maybe it was me. My bad. <laughs> just the way it all went down. And, and that they were by far. And that was the one where every time it was just, huh. Okay. Uh, or, and like every time it was, you know, like, like, did they not have the complete list of available players? It was insane. It was crazy. Uh, Jeff, before we put a ball on this here, uh, you know, give some stuff here for uh, you know, anybody listening here, some stuff for, you know, from your sites here, some great work that, uh, you know, some people can look out for and make sure they get their eyes on. Yeah. So I do have a 53 man roster projection coming. That'll be up Sunday morning. Um, I do have a prospect list for 2021 that's Brown centric. And it's just you a watch bastard. list. It's not a mock draft. Uh, I don't do mock drafts early. Thankfully, my editors don't require me to do that. So I, I oblige that. But we've got a lot of stuff. Um, we're going to do more in-depth scouting reports. Um, I'm, not, I'm not competing with, with Jake Burns on that. He does those fantastic. I, I look at it with my own eyes and, and sort of tell you what I see from it and, and how I, I hope to see fit. And I, I started with Jacob Phillips because he was the draft pick that I questioned the most. And the more I watch, the more I question it. And I'm a little worried about that. But I also see a role for him. So that, that's going to be coming over the weekend, too. Well, that's That was my guy. That was my pick. I was on him for a while. And so we'll see how it plays out. I just think – I don't think he's a star. I think he's a steady part of a linebacking crew. But it's going to be tough because any one of these Browns linebackers, there's going to be more put on them with the fan base and people who watch without understanding the – concept of they don't really care the Browns don't really care about their linebackers and I think that's going to be tough because some guys are going to take some knocks and if the Browns really addressed it there were a million ways they could have gone about it there was a million ways they could have gone about it they just chose not to which tells you that maybe of the hierarchy and the Mount Rushmore of importance Mm -hmm. linebacker was not on it for them so definitely interesting that way um we'll put a bow on this here um guys if you're not following at Jeff Risden at Jeff Risden by now I don't know, question your mental health here as much as I will question the front office of Green Bay. Um, Browns Wire running a great job over there. Lions Wire doing a fantastic job over there. Uh, you know, puts out a couple of weekly pieces over at Real GM. Uh, Jeff's one of the hardest working guys there is. Um, and I can only imagine how difficult it is now with everybody in the house where Jeff's had his system in place now. Four years. Um, everybody's kind of crashing yeah. Jeff's party at his house now. Um, so we'll see how that works out for everybody in the, the sanity as we continue to roll on here. So make sure you're checking all that out here. Uh, follow at Locked On Browns uh, you know, on Twitter. Follow back account. DMs are always open. Um, like I said, as always, uh, the iTunes, Spotify, ratings are reviewed, guys. Huge key for the show. Me personally, at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. DMs are open. Anything you guys want to put in the show, questions you got, ideas, whatever. We're always open for stuff. Um, and this show does not exist without you. So 
the least I can do is be there for you guys as you know, the thousands of people you guys are here for me every day. So it's just, you know, one hand washes the other. I appreciate you guys a ton here. This has been your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound LGB on the LOB. Let's go Browns.